This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, 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 loyal listeners. Welcome to another episode of Agency Intelligence Podcast where we give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Jason Cass, and today I am joined by one of your favorites. Adam, normally it's my favorites, and yes, he's my favorite, but because we all know him, Matt Naomi, the dude who is out of Boston. I know you even know that. Like, How many other insurance agents do you know that you can say, I think I know who that person is. Do you know where they live? You know where he lives just because you know that much about him. Um, and, I, and, you know, a lot of times, and I'm really glad you're coming on, Matt, because a lot of times um, it's always Matt and Zach, right? And, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and then you've got you've things out there where you guys are separated and before. And I think there's a genius because you guys play with each other so well. Me and my partner are so much like you, our business partners. It's amazing how much we can jam together. But it's also really good when you peel Travis off by himself or me off by myself and you start asking us about certain things because it's crazy how the mixture of what we've done together as businesses come out in one single voice. I hope that makes sense, but that's why I'm glad to have you on today, Matt. Yeah, man. Well, first off, thank you. I'm flattered. Uh, and, and for many that know me, uh, it's easy for me to get red because I have a very uh, pale <laughs> complexion. So I'm listening to you being like, oh, sheesh, I, should, I need a fan or something. But uh, I, I'm, I'm excited, no. man. I, uh, most, most of all, I, I appreciate what you've been doing for a long time. And I, uh, I think that the the why, your why is really strong. It's very, very clear what it is. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm honored to be on this with you, but I'm also just pumped that we're, we're friends. I'm pumped that I can connect with you at any time. And I feel like uh, the industry needs more people like yourself. So I appreciate you having me on and I, I feel honored and privileged to be here. Uh, dude, I appreciate that. And no, no, that, um, that, that makes me feel good because it's why I do what I do. I do it for you. I always end my, I try to end a lot of my podcasts with that. And uh, it's pretty simple to me. I've started to realize about myself, and I will let you know this. I, th- I've really realized this where we're at right now um, in our society. Loyal listeners, it's 6-5, um, and it's about 9.30 in the morning, 9.15, 10.15, where he is. But um, I didn't intentionally want to live my life as a man of cause. But it seems like for some reason my life is ending up that way, whether it's a creating a cause of what I try to do for this industry of just trying to put other people's names out there. That's simple. Whether it comes to be in Cuba, which is a huge cause of mine. Um, but lately when we come into the, the riots and the protests, here we are, you know, talking this a year, a month ago, we're talking about nothing but being in our houses and we don't have haircuts. Um, and now here we are with that. And I, I feel the rallying cry of the minorities and of the black people out there and I see it almost completely differently than I probably did two, three, four, five months ago. And I think it's just because I've listened. 
And it's really crazy. I don't know where this is coming from, but it, it seems like a lot of things that I'm doing in my life are, are trying to about be and about causes. And, and, and whether that's good or not, that's what it is. Yeah. You know? I love so, it. I love it. Well, coming back to what you said about, you know, partnerships and, and you know, I, I agree. I think you guys mm. um, have almost a, a collective uh, brand and then you have each other. And so mm-hmm. I think one thing that Zach and I over the years, and we really enjoy working together, we enjoy communicating together. And I think that our brand has always been Matt and Zach. But the last few years, we said, you know what, we can have our own time independent, but and not detract from what we've done together to actually amplify it, you know, provide a mm-hmm. different perspective. And um, the dynamic is a little different too. You know, if you're speaking to me and I'm speaking to you, we're having a closer connected relationship right now than right. if you're speaking to two of us. And so he's been on a number of things. He's done a number of things individually and I applaud everything he does. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I appreciate the fact that he does the same. So, um, but it's, it's a dynamic that's challenging for any partnership because you know, you're, you're, it's, it's much easier for the traditional partnership where there's a, an operator that's introverted and behind the scenes and really likes d- diving into details and, and, and a fact finder. And then there's the sales Tried. marketing vision guy. And that's, that's a nice dynamic, right? Awesome. For us, it's challenging because um, we're both very similar and we, we love to market. We love to get out, wow. we love to connect and, and sell. And so, uh, you know, for the, over the years, it's helped us grow the business, but we've had challenges that I think some other partners might not have had. Because neither one of us loves or gears towards, you know, fact finding, diving into the details and the weeds. We kind of are both quick starts and vision strategy people. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that first. That's crazy. That's wild to know that in depth about you as partners. Travis and I are totally what the first people you talked about. He's real into details and all kinds of stuff. We just uh, landed a BOR, dude. Yesterday, literally, Matt was one of the biggest days of my insurance career. I'm not joking. Um, June 4th will go down in history books for Jason Cass after 18 years. I wrote a BOR on a $349,000 account on a Zoom meeting. And the lady, the executive director on a board, she brought me to the board meeting on a board meeting on a Zoom. The board voted for me to take it um, after I got off. She called me, told me that before we did anything, that she wanted to call the current agent because this current agent she has been friends with for 15, 20 years. He coaches her daughter's softball team. Her daughters are, their daughters are friends. She's, and so she calls him. She calls me back about 30 minutes later and she says, she's like, well, he took it pretty well. And God love him if he did, but that's tough for anybody. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and he, and she said, and I said, well, that was pretty quick to get a hold of him. And she said to me, she says, I called his cell phone. Now here's what I said to her. I said to her this, I said, I want you to know right now, her name, I respect your loyalty because as independent insurance agents, we don't get the same respect and loyalty that CPAs or lawyers or doctors do. And we pride ourselves to be just as professional. So the fact that you would call him and be that professional doesn't surprise me as an independent insurance agent that he's that professional, but I, it does surprise me that you do have that loyalty and that still gives us hope, Sherry. And we really do appreciate that. And, and I meant that with every, every bit of my heart, because that's the, that's, that, that's the message that has to be said rather than just running and hiding from that. Um, and you know, to be honest with you, when I was driving home at lunch, after I did it, I was excited, but I also thought about the news that John was getting. You know, I also thought to myself, like, I've never lost a $349,000 account. I will in my lifetime. I've never written one. 
So, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. And on a BOR, my point of this whole thing was I got off. This was a this was a memorable day for me. It was a yeah. very very memorable day for me. And what it taught me was everything was against me. I didn't have access to it. I didn't have the relationship. I couldn't be with them face to face. You know, I didn't, everything was against me, but yet I was able to succeed. Why did this come about? Because I told Travis yesterday, I said, Travis, your detail work and my confidence, which means he's an introvert, I'm an extrovert, sold that. And then Carruthers training, David Carruthers and him teaching us how to go after these whales. But that is what got that. And I said to him, my exact words were yesterday. I've carried the water up to now. Now it's time for you to help me. Because like now that the deal's been done and stuff, this is where cast gets bad. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm off to the next guy. It's like, mm-hmm. like, where's the next whale out? I'm up on the top of the ship on the bow. Like, where is the next one? You know, and Travis is like, dude, I'm still trying to pull this thing into the boat, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, but he knows now, like kind of shifted over to him. And now I've got to go back out. Man, that's awesome. I love it. I love it too. And he's 10 years younger than me. What's really crazy when people don't know this. No, 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 I'm 41. Uh Um, And and he's uh, 42. I'm 42. He's 32. Mm -hmm. And he, um, what's crazy is his brother actually was one of my really good friends in high school. And I remember Travis used to like run around because he was like four years old at the time. And ironically enough, I ended up uh, partnering with him. Great partnership I created in 2015. So mm-hmm. kudos to you and Matt too. I mean, it's uh, it's really great when you know somebody else has got your back and it's not just your wife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Love that. You know your wife's always there for you, but your partner doesn't necessarily have to always tell you the, he'll tell you the truth. He or yeah. she will tell you the truth, you know? Yeah. So, I, you know, your yeah. wife will too, but she also knows you work hard and she wants to be supportive, you know, oh, that kind sure. of stuff. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. And we do that with our wives too. I'm just saying. You, yeah. you, 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 uh, you, you need that, that objective reason, that objective opinion that could come at you and maybe sometimes hit you aside the head or, or make you feel a little weird, but uh, ultimately, you know, you look back and say that was the, I needed that. I needed to hear that. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's, it's what would be the hardest part about having a partner? What would be that? I'm thinking that to myself yeah. as I'm thinking of all these good things. What's the bad? What would be some hard parts? Well, I think every partnership uh, will bring different uh, different challenges, and depending on who those individuals are. But for us, I can only speak for us. The only okay. real challenge that we've um, that we've two challenges, two challenges I can kind of pinpoint. One, um, until we really separated some responsibilities of who's going to be accountable, who's going to manage what, who's going to make decisions on certain things, it was really hard because we almost felt obligated to get both of our opinions and make a joint decision on a lot of matters that really shouldn't have been a joint decision. And even if, like, if you and I were making a decision mm-hmm. and your decision was, uh, your opinion was correct. And so was mine. They were just different. You've got two correct decisions, but they're very, it very caused well conflict. It's unnecessary conflict. We would have gotten to where we needed to go either way. But you and I now get, get like, there's a tension between that. And I feel like I'm losing. You feel like you're losing. We don't feel like we're coming together. Mm-hmm. So until we separated out a lot of responsibilities and he was really owning certain things and I was owning other things, that was a challenge. The other bigger challenge we've had is just we're both visionaries. We're both strategists. We both love key relationships and, and focusing on how we're going to get to where we want to be. And if that varies at all, if I want to go in one direction a little bit, he wants to go in a different direction. 
you know, it's a big decision. It's something that we mm-hmm. both have to be fully behind. And we, he might have to compromise sort of what he wants to do. I might have to compromise a little bit of what I want to do um, for the good of the company. Because if, if we do that, then one of us feels like, you know, we're just going in the opposite direction. And sometimes entrepreneurial minds like we have are very tough to compromise, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're so set in our way. I see the vision. I know what we need to do. It will work, yeah. right? What? This will work. Like, That's this right. will work, you know? And so he, I'm sure he's had many times before where he's like, Matt, this will work. And I'm like, ah, I just don't feel it. And then vice versa. I'm, 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 I'm yeah, I'm typical like that. So um, me, uh, on my um, on my license uh, for my insurance for my agency and for my corporation, I had to designate a general agent. Travis and I are 50-50 our owners, 100%, well, not 100, 50-50, right down the middle, okay? We had to determine who is going to be the general agent, and it was me. That was the person. Who was the person between you and Zach? Um, I don't even... Is that is that in every single state? Somebody had to be, yeah. And you may not have even known because it was so long ago, and then you turned it over to a staff member. But I was just curious, right? Right. That's the thing. I don't know. It's it's funny Uh, when we were originally starting uh, GNN. uh, This is we were planning back in '08, and uh, you know, originally we could. The hardest decision we had was figuring out should it be. NG Namoli Gould right. or Gould Namoli, like what do we, what, you know? And so ultimately, we went with uh, alphabetical order, which is probably his way of letting me down easy. You're compromised. <laughs> yes, you're compromised. Yeah, yes, but, no. uh, but looking back, uh, I would have. I think both of us would agree that we we should have left it up to a marketing um, minded person at the time. Two mm-hmm. 24 year old dudes trying to just start a company shouldn't be the ones creating the company name because you don't think things through. We just like ran. But like, yeah, yeah, your last name, my last name was pretty. But G and N is not an easy thing. It doesn't flow off the tongue, you know? And so yeah. over the years, we've uh, we've had to, you know, G and N, N as in Nancy, you know? And so it's not the easiest. But damn ampersand, like just get rid of ampersand. You're starting a company in the next couple of months, don't use an ampersand. One word, make it easy. <laughs> Oh, man, that's such good stuff. That's such good stuff. I'm trying to give some insight into here because I think there's a lot of people. You know what's amazing is when I first about took on Travis, some people that I really highly regard as insurance agents, I reached out to them because I knew they had partnerships. And I thought to my, because when Travis first joined, he was a he was a huge rock star. Came from a, a direct writer in town. I mean, he was literally he was killing it and um, getting winning awards all the time. And that's why I kind of went after him. And then when he joined the agency, he was just killing it. But he did come to me in six months, and he said, "Listen, man, I'm not gonna continue to like." keep just like pounding this stuff on and it's just me and you and you're going to be 100% owner. We got to come to some agreement here on, Hey, I do this, this, and this, I get some ownership and we did. And it was great. But in the meantime, I reached out to some people and I said, should I do this partnership? Right? Should, should this be something that I do? Overwhelmingly didn't keep track. I'm going to say 80% of them said no, Hmm. because they said that they had been through that before and or they were in it, and if they could redo it, they would have went and uh, they would have went by themselves. I, I already know your answer. We don't need to ask you or me because my answer would be: I think it was the greatest decision I ever freaking made, and I'm glad I, I didn't listen to them. I'm not saying that I'm I'm glad I'm glad I asked them, mm-hmm. right? Because they did give me some awareness and vision as to things to think about, especially when we were setting up our operating agreement. But at the same time, that was some of the stuff that that I thought was was uh, was important. But that's what they said: was that they said no. And here's my thought on this, and I, I want to turn this over to you. 
I don't understand why we can't have partnerships because I think a lot of people think this, Matt. They, 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 why can't we have partnerships in business, but we, but we can have partnerships in life, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and I, don't think, I don't think there should be a line drawn between the two. I think they're one and the same when you think about the relationship, the, the intimacy. Um, hey, owning a business and having a partner is intimate. May not be the same as the other way, right? But let's be serious. It's intimate. We got some. We got some struggles. We got some tears. We got some times where it's like, dude, I don't know if we're gonna make it. And the other guys, like our girls, like, yeah, we will. And then the next month, the one who's saying, yeah, we will, is going, oh crap, will we? And the other one's going, don't worry, I got an idea. Right? This is what this is. That's that intimacy there. Why can one people do it one side and not the other, Matt? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. You know, I think first off, like. Partnerships are not for everybody. I think you need to be self-aware first. You need to figure out, like, am I like that? You know, am I am I the type of person that will thrive with another person? Am, am, did I get the award when I was younger, or like, did I you know, on my report card in first grade? Did my teacher say he plays well with others, or or did did they not? You know, is he is he a is he a, <laughs> someone that just hangs out in the corner? I, you know, you have to be self-aware. And some people are like, as you said, very good. You you can have an introvert who thrives with an extrovert. You can also have an introvert who just likes to make the decision and doesn't like to weigh anything else off. That person should not have a partner because mm-hmm. ultimately you're going to bump bump heads. And if you're not someone to be able to compromise, you're not someone who will be able to ask questions and listen and come to you know joint decisions. And I don't think you should have a partner. But I had this 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 conversation last week with an agent who is three years in, uh, two employees, looking to level up, knows his weak spots, which is great. He, there's a, just like your situation with Travis, there's someone in his town that's a, that's a cr- that's crushing it at State Farm, and he wants to bring him on as a partner. And he was questioning, like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Why or why not? And I said, listen, there's three things you need to make sure of that, that you guys can see, see eye, eye to eye on. Oh, right. The rest of it, don't worry about it. The rest of it, don't, don't go in analysis paralysis. You need to, one, make sure that they share your core values. And I know core values is a kind of a you know, word that a lot of people use. Ma- mainly, are they ethically, morally good, just person? Could, can you do you feel like you you know you could go to church with them? Do you feel like you could introduce them to your family at at a family gathering, or do you somebody that you just you think is a hustler and would get stuff done, but you would be kind of nervous about ethically how he does it? So core values has to be the right fit. That's a very well said non-starter. The second thing is you got to talk to them about long-term vision and goals. Like if. My plan was in 10 years with Zach, if I told him from very, hey, in 10 years, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to shut things down and just kind of coast. Or I, in 30 years, I want to own this agency, pass on to my kids. And he said, Matt, in 10 years, I want to level up. I want to, I want to sell the asset, but I want to continue to grow. I want to bring on a new partner and, and, and level up and scale to a whole nother level. We would be in totally different places and it would have been totally. cute and fun for many years and then run into a major roadblock. So make sure that the vision and the goals long term are, are, are aligned. And the third, and I would argue this is the most important, is work ethic. If you have a tremendous work ethic, you will give yourself the best chance of succeeding, opening and starting a new business. It's not guaranteed, but you need, it's desperately need a great work ethic. And if you have a partner, that does not share that same work ethic. Resentment is is 
is there's no question you will start to resent that person and it'll come quick come quick like it'll come mm-hmm. in the first six weeks right? mm-hmm. and then you might just sweep it under the rug because you've already made the decision and keep going you're carrying this person on your back and i know plenty of people that have buy out their partners over the years i've so talked to well because of this one problem so well said. you need to know that this person is willing to outwork you and almost competitive to the stand like zach and i i think in the first five years we almost had this like yes we wanted to succeed and drive and company but like i didn't want him to outwork me because i felt like i wasn't carrying my side of the bargain and i think he you know subconsciously may have felt the same way it's like i don't i need to show him that i'm all in for him and he needs to show me that he's all in and so if you don't have that combo then a partnership does not work so i think those three things core values vision and goals and work ethic are extremely important now let's talk about this because you really What's amazing also, loyal listeners, you know how my podcasts go. We had none of this planned <laughs> to talk about. Like, I had no, we had none of this. We, I yeah. didn't even know we were going to talk about partnerships. Right. But anyways, one of the things, let's talk about this core values thing real quick because you said something that's important. I see these core value talks very similar today how a culture was talked about 10, 15, 20 years ago. Core values are part, part of culture. I get that. But specifically that. Like you used to see people's eyes like glaze over when you started talking about culture. It's like, oh my gosh, you know? Now today it's like a hot topic and people get it. Whether they do it or not, that's another thing, but they get it. They understand what it needs to be like. Why are core values important? This is one thing we we found out personally. How dare I hire somebody, not tell them what my our core values are, and then hold them accountable to what our core values are a year later? Right. And then when we try to tell them that, hey, we're expecting this and that and that person saying, well, you never told me that at the beginning, because if you would have told me that, that's not what I would have done. You know, but we never had any foundation to stand on. But yet as employers, we then create the foundation as it goes, but we didn't get their input or tell them. And I think that that has a lot to do right there with the core values of why that's important when when we're dealing with, as you said, a partner or an employee. Yeah, I think when you're when you're. There's a difference between uh, similar core values of a partnership starting a business because there's no one else but just the two of you. So you like you kind of have to you have to kind of figure out who that person is, what matters to them, who they, who they are when no one's watching, right? Uh, but then there's a, a huge difference when core values for a company. And of course, we've always looked at. Now, actually, I shouldn't say always because the first four or five years we just didn't have core values or understand the importance of them. But once we, the major aha moment for us was when we realized that core values was a filter that could allow us to figure out who we should invite into our company and a filter to let other people go if they don't fit into that core values. So for us, it is a filter for culture. It's a culture filter. And if, uh, if someone shares our core values, they're going to they're gonna be awesome rock stars and all they have to really do is then perform. And we can work on skills, we can work on training, we can work on everything else. But if they don't share the core values, then yeah, it, it's, they're not part of the family. They're not part of the team. And they're going to feel like an outcast. They're going to feel like an outlier. And ultimately, that's going to that's gonna deteriorate, erode the culture of the agency. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, a.k.a. agency. 
Don't settle for less. Do more with MBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Can't say enough about, I think one thing that uh, people go past because we live in a short-term world is your number two on the short-term versus long-term. Holy cow, is that important. There's a lot of agents inside the mastermind that are adamant that they are going to pass on their agency to their family or to somebody else. Like They're basically the 80-year-old today that said, you're going to have to back the ambulance up to get me out of here, right? They're already saying that, and that's cool. I I don't know how, but that's what they want to do. I'm good and maybe... 10 years, you know, um, Travis and I have had that talk, but what's amazing is we didn't have that talk at the beginning. Uh, we really didn't, but our lives are, have definitely transformed, but I will also say our lives have transformed because of our partnership. So that, that, I think that if you really need to listen to some free stuff there from Matt, that long-term short-term is very, very important. Have you seen that play out a lot? Yeah. I I I think, uh, I think we didn't have that conversation day one either. It wasn't like we were like, Mm -hmm. Hey, in 15 years, what do you want this to look like? I think it's just so overwhelming at that Mm -hmm. point. It was like, Hey, we need toner for the, for the ink cartridge. (laughs) But I I do think we were on the same page that we weren't, uh, we weren't getting into this to, for a a legacy business. Like we weren't trying to pass this on as like a third, fourth generation thing. We didn't see it as that. We saw it as, you know, let's create something really exciting and fun and make it really, and, you know, provide for families to help. People. Would you say that's four or five years in? You guys probably started thinking of that. I mean, roughly. I mean, we're just asking yeah, where. Two, two, two and a half years. We started having deeper conversations about where we saw this thing going. Uh, I mean, you know, as a funny thing is, going into 2019, we had. I'm saying zero. I'm not being like you know, uh, just dramatic for the dramatic sake. We had zero percent uh, chance of selling our business. Zero percent going into 2019. And uh, the reason why is because neither one of us was tired. Neither one of us wanted to exit. Neither one of us wanted to stop. We just wanted to grow more. We wanted to expand more. Gotcha. But we had financial advisors year after year and, and strategic advisors too that said, you don't really have a business until you know what your business's value is. Mm-hmm. So you need to just figure out what the market would say you're worth. And just just to find out. And so we, we went in the 19th saying, all right, fine, fine. You've told us enough times, we'll do it. And we went through the process and, you know, we had, and I won't go too, too, too in depth here because I don't want I love to go off this topic, is but, you know, we had five or six major concerns. It said, these are non-starters, non-negotiables. We would, you, you could throw any number out there for us. And if you, if you tell us that we have to sacrifice or change our people or process, it's a non-starter. If you told us that we have to exit and we lose control or autonomy or independence in any way, we're, we're never going to, I don't care what, how much money you give us. Well, mm-hmm. that's dramatic. That might be an overstatement. You give us a billion dollars, maybe, but, but, but we feel you. But we yeah, feel you. I was not interested in stopping and Zach was not interested in stopping. We wanted to continue to grow. And, and, and so our education in 19 was probably one of the most valuable things I've had in the last 10 years hmm. of changing my mindset from selling means stopping selling means riding off into the sunset with a duffel bag of money Two, selling means just shifting and transferring your equity from a 50 50 percent partnership of a five million dollar company to a one percent partnership of a 250 million dollar company gotcha still being an equity shareholder and driving the engine at gnn but being part of something much bigger with much loftier goals and strategic partners that we could rely on that filled the blind spots we knew we had which was finance which was you know, long-term projections, legal, 
you know, if we wanted to do larger things like joint ventures and bigger scaled opportunities, we just, we didn't know where to begin with that. So we needed someone that had significant backing to help us with that. And that's, you know, that's a short, short, short. Back to partnership. Yeah. You guys had your partnership and you realized to grow, you needed what? A partnership. Amen. Right. And, 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 and eventually if you grow and scale correctly, probably going to need a bigger partnership somewhere along the line. You know, not you guys, but where you guys are part of now could possibly get bigger, you know, um, to go international like Jay-Z or something. I don't know. But, but dude, I love this stuff because this is, this is, this is, um, you probably don't realize how fulfilling this is for a lot of the listeners. The loyal listeners, this is why they listen is to get this. It's, it's can they relate, you know? Is the same problems I'm having here in Tim Buck 2, Kansas, the same that they're having there in Boston? Mm-hmm. You know, is the same that we're having in Tucum Carry? Is it really that much different? Um, there's a lot of differences when it comes to carriers and when it comes to risks and weather patterns and stuff. But at the end of the day, when it comes to your culture and it comes to your people, um, I think there's there's a there's a it's a pretty wide road. You get to run your agency the way you want, but there is still a road and a direction that you need to head. And I and I love hearing this um, from you because this gives us a lot of insight of things that people think about with you. Now, one thing you said, there was something you said, and oh wait, maybe I made a note here. No, oh yeah. The core, once we figured this, this is good. This is gold, okay? This is gold. This is probably what you get when you deal with these guys with Babylon. Core values, when you said you figured out that your core values were a filter for who fits into your agency. That kind of goes back to what I was saying when I kind of figured out, like, how dare I try to hold this person accountable and after I get to know them, right? And, and, and let's think about it this way, because I'm one of these weird guys that likes to compare it to other relationships. I say it all the time to my producers, a relationship is a relationship is a relationship. You can look at, once again, went back to the partnership of how you can have different business and intimate. I think the same thing um, when we're looking at a relationship as a relationship, you have to understand that those core tenets are the same, you know, trust, understanding. Um, but there's just... Uh, I, I, I forgot where I was going with my thought there. Well, I'll, I mean, if, you, if you want, I can share with you. I mean, we've helped Please. 50 to 60 agencies come up with their core values. And um, I can share with you where we failed uh, doing it ourselves and then where, nice. where we succeeded because it, it's, it's an interesting story. So we, huh. found, we found out in 2014, 15, uh, the importance of them. And it, finally, the light bulb went off. I was like, oh, okay, this, this makes a lot of sense. We've had to let 17 people go in the last five years. Like, let's not let another person go because of our, our fault, our doing, which is not hiring the right people, right? Most of the people that you have to let go or that, that leave you is just because you didn't hire the right person and you didn't know who to hire for what reason. So true. we understood the importance and we said, okay, and we locked ourselves in a, in a room, the two of us, for kind of four or five hours and we banged out this exercise and did it on the board and figured it out and, and ended up coming up with these three or four core values. And we shared with our leadership team and there were just blank faces. They kind of like glossed over and we we're like, oh, I wonder why this isn't working. Because it's not really resonating with them. And we realized this isn't them. This is us. All we did was that mm. major failures. We got into a room and we said, let's design our core values. And we just, we just figured out what he and I, you know, are, how we are alike. And we put them on the board and we kind of made them, you know, cute and whatever. And Good that stuff. isn't the people, that isn't the individual that you're trying to hire for, for the agency, for the company. And so we did a second exercise where we facilitated it with our leadership team. We have five people in the room and we said, pick 
we'll pick the two people at the agency that are not in this room where we just, they, we would go to war with them. I mean, we just love who they are. We love how they work. We love everything about them. We can't even put it on paper. Why? But we just know that they're a perfect fit for the agency. We put mm -hmm. their names on the board in two columns. And then we spent a half hour for each one of them and came up with every single thing about them that made them special that we valued. We did it for the second person and then we killed combined. We just said, okay, th th these are the same, these are the same, we kill these, these aren't as important. We narrowed it down to three, three items and then we made them action sentences. So if it was like, I don't know, um, someone assists other people or helps other people, well, we change that to, uh, you know, we find ways to help. We find ways to help. And mm -hmm. we came up with those three core values of we have fun together, we find ways to help, we do whatever it takes. And we realized that that was a reflection of our people that we valued. And that would draw the right people into the agency that we care about. We don't need more Matt and Zachs. We need mm -hmm. more Kates and Danielles and Sarahs, et cetera, et cetera. Dude, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. You took um, something that people are scared of and you simplified it to a very, very easy way right there. Um, love that. Do you think that there are, I mean, we can break this down each and every way. So loyal listeners, I'm just getting off and just asking questions because we have a good culture guy here. Do you, do you think that there are differences between core values is the way that the operation runs or um, let's say, no, based on who the organization is versus the way that they run, right? Mm -hmm. Like we are a trustworthy organization. We, we believe in trust. We believe that, but we also believe in efficiency, mm. right? Like one is what, do you guys separate that? No. Is that just the same? I'm curious. Yeah. So we, we, we really just look at, um, at core values as who, who should join us with, we don't use them at all from a marketing standpoint or branding standpoint. So we don't project our core values outside of our four walls. I mean, our, okay. you know, it's, uh, every, every employee at the company knows that uh, they are part of the process of keeping the right people away and, and bringing, I'm sorry, keeping the right people in and, and keeping the wrong people away. But I think when you talk about um, things that are important for the agency, it's slightly different. And I think that that's got to be captured more in the process and more in the management, more in the weekly accountability, the stuff that we track, the scorecards that we have, the 90-day sprint, the 90-day goals that everyone has assigned based off of their objectives, their annual goals the agency has. Now, all those things is kind of how we build in what's most important. Um, ultimately, we're probably going to hire people that are quick, that can multitask, that are organized. Those are things that are going to be important sort of performance metric, performance-based uh, habits or, or characteristics that are important for us. But we're not necessarily going to say no if you're not the fastest, if you're not the most organized. But we will say no if you don't if you don't like to have fun with other people or you don't, you're not willing to do whatever it takes or find ways to help others. Boom. Perfect. Are you an Android or are you an iPhone user? iPhone. I know. And I know that. I just had to let you know, loyal listeners, because we tried to do this already, but he was an Apple user and it doesn't work well with Scott Squadcast. I only went with Squadcast because it doesn't work with Apple, so it fits into my podcast. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, if you, uh, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. Um I think over the years, I'd say I love to win, but um, I think I hate to lose more. Think so? Yeah. I mean, I, I love, so awards and things like that are um, very fleeting. I, I watched a great, uh, a great speech the other day from a, a graduate who was a valedictorian and, uh, of his class. And he said, then you work four years, just sacrifice relationships, did all these things that, you know, 
accomplish this goal. And when they announced his name at the end of the at the fourth year, senior year, he had about 15 seconds of just joy. And 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 he was so excited and this euphoria came about him. And, and then in the 16th second, it disappeared. And he was like, well, what's next? What what is that's it? I only get 15 seconds after four years of sacrificing it. So I realized that I'm, I'm similar in the same way, like awards and accomplishments are very fleeting. It's more of the journey along the way. Um, mm-hmm. But if, uh, if I lose, I, I, I do get a little sore. Um, I don't like to lose because I, I, I think it's a reflection. I think the outcome is a reflection of your effort. And winning is a justification and, and a reflection of all the shit you did behind the scenes that no one knew about. Mm. that's why i that's why i think um i'm competitive is that i want to for some reason internally i want i want the world to know maybe it's just my parents who knows i want the world to know that like i worked hard for this i didn't it wasn't given to me it wasn't it was all deserved and so that's probably driving force remember what we were talking about earlier about white privilege when you just what you just said i want people to know that i i'm i did it i i drove hard i worked hard you don't necessarily want them to know. It's not like you're throwing it in their face, but it's more important that they understand your character. You didn't see me. And when you didn't see me, I want you to know I was kicking ass, you know? So that's pretty cool. Um, there, let's say there's two things that have got you where you are. Let's just say there's two. One's called skill. One's called luck. Which one would you say has probably got you where you are? Um, more than the uh, other. Yeah, skill more than luck. Uh, I think I think we, we create our luck by... Uh, being putting out a lot of um, effort and trying a lot of new things. Um, I think that if if you could be uh, inherently a lucky person, but if you don't try, if you don't put out yourself out and fail a bunch of times, that luck doesn't really come about and help you. Uh, for me, I think I've failed probably more than most people. Uh, and small things, big things, I just don't look at it that way. And I know that's a lot of people say that, but I really don't. I'm, and actually, in the recent years, I, I feel like I haven't been failing enough. Um, and, and so I've been trying to push the envelope a little bit lately. And I've been getting feedback from people that are um, that kind of made me feel like, oh, shit, I, I, I screwed up with that message. I, I didn't come off across the right way. But it's creating a lot of momentum. And so I think, uh, I think for those of you who, who, feel, um, who feel like you're, there's a little bit of inaction right now, a little bit of sort of just coasting, uh, go push yourself and try to fail a little bit more because I, recently that's been making me feel excited and happy and fulfilled to say like, oh, I, I screwed up. I didn't get anything done yesterday that I thought I was. I put a lot of energy out there, but you know, a lot of no's occurred. And I kind of like that nowadays. Jeff Bezos calls it successfully failing. Mm. He says, if you're not successfully failing, Google did it as well. Um, when they, you know, how they came up with uh, Google Docs and um, what used to be Google Plus and all these apps that they have were created by people who were told that they have to take an hour a day, whatever the time was, and try to create something. And and they realized that the more times they fail, they would like come up with things. What was also really cool too is that they would come up with failures and then they would show them to their own teammates and the team would be like, dude, that's not a failure. You just do this and this. And look, now, now it's something completely different, but you know, we made something else. Uh, two-day shipping came off a successful failure with Amazon. Uh, these these things, AWS, come on with a successful failure. These were things that where the employees took chances, failed, but then when they brought it to their team and said, hey, this is what I was trying to do. This was my vision, but I can't get the damn thing to do this or that. And, and then your team, who's built around someone that you try to be with your core values and who you want to, the agency to be, 
it's like, boom, now we all understand because we're in that same vision, successfully failing. But here's one thing I do also know as I wrap this up. Leaders are readers and readers are leaders and you're a leader. So we definitely know you're a reader. What are you reading right now, Matt? Um, I'm a big Audible guy. I think, uh, yeah. yeah. And um, Okay, what are you listening yeah. to? <laughs> no, I like reading too. I think, uh, you know, the, it's funny, the last couple of months, I was just talking to Zach about this this morning, that we both said that we need to get back to reading a lot more. Because the last couple of months, I feel like between uh, becoming a full-time parent and uh, a full-time <laughs> professional and managing, you know, quarantine, the kind of the virtual uh, management of the team too, um, getting used to the new company, a lot of things. Uh, we haven't been reading enough. And I, uh, I'm actually looking for books right now, uh, f- fiction, actually. I want to I get away from personal development. I probably read 200 personal development books over the last 10 years. And um, I started that journey with Think and Grow Rich back in, I don't know, 2006, 2007. And it was a great one by Napoleon Hill. I think a lot of people know, but it's like the Bible of, of personal development, in my opinion. And that kind of launched me in that direction. And I love personal development books, but I kind of like just to get my head outside of work and outside of personal development. And so I'm looking, if you have any recommendations, anyone. Um, so so I have one for you and I tell people about this a lot. They probably think I'm crazy because I want people, when I hear somebody say, I want a book that's not about personal development, I just need to get my mind free, okay? But this one is a true story and I'm trying to, it tells me Audible is telling me I need an update right now, but it's called, I believe it's called 76 Days Adrift at Sea. Mm. Phenomenal. And it's it's not a long read, um, but it's a gentleman who tried to go across the Atlantic from Europe over here and literally on the first night, he's sleeping in a storm and kaboom, the freaking boat splits in half. And it's his story about being in there. And it's phenomenal when you think about how long 76 days is in a raft in the middle of the ocean, you know, and come to find out the dude who lived the longest was like 130 days. There's a dude who lived like 130 days out on a raft. But anyways, mm, okay. I'll write that down. The last two books I read was, uh, one of them was personal development, but it was a little bit more enlightenment. It's called Awareness. Uh, really good book by Anthony DeMello. And, um, it's, it's spiritual. It's much more focused. on. It's a little bit actually outside of the zone where I typically like to run towards, but it's all about enlightenment and creating awareness, uh, you know, a little bit, probably a little more appropriate nowadays. Like right now, it's probably a good book for a lot of people to read and probably. quite empowering, frankly. Um, and then the other one I read recently was A Gentleman in Moscow, which was a, an amazing, amazing book that a lot of people had recommended. But uh, Gentleman in Moscow? Yeah. Look it up. I think Tolls, T O W L E S, is the is the author okay. really really strong awesome book it's long but it's uh it's amazing storytelling and the writer is just just exquisite with his word choice so yeah it is adrift adrift, adrift is the name of it yes and it's just a very very good book it's one of those books that you're every chapter you're just like holy cow mm-hmm. um and it's just a survival book right it's about being mentally tough, right? So it's not a self-help book, but it kind of takes it outside the realm of other things like that. Matt, I definitely agree, appreciate anything you want to say as you wrap up. Uh, anything, any shout-outs uh, for for uh, for Babylon? Anything? Wrap it up. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know we're excited a lot of things right now. Um, I think one thing we 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 wrapped up our Babylon podcast recently. Uh, it was seventy episodes or so, and we looked at it as a complete project, and we wanted to kind of. Um, 
move on to a separate topic and a separate type of style because it was really a conversation between Zach and I and a lot of things about organizational health and efficiency and marketing. And what we've transitioned to a new podcast we're just releasing is The Big W. And I think it'll go really well with what you do in, in our space. Uh, but it's really, it has nothing to do with insurance. It's, it's a lot of um, leaders and, and, and business owners and entrepreneurs and, and eight, in industries all over the place. So when are you starting that? We launched yesterday, um, kind of quiet just because this, this week, you know, we feel like it's a little appropriate to be a little quiet with, with professional things, but um, it's called. This the, will probably be out in about two or three weeks. Yeah, so the, go the, ahead and announce it and what you want to say. Yeah, so the, the big W uh, it's uh it's uh, you can find it on the Gina Insurance Facebook page. You can find it on Gina Insurance any, everywhere now. But um, you know the first four guests are um, Gary Vaynerchuk's personal trainer for the last three years has traveled with him and done like 900 straight workouts in a row. We had him. He's so dynamic. So one of the top phot- photographers in the world, who's one of Canon's Explorer of Light designations, there's only 35 in the world that have that designation. We've got a woman who uh, created the Red Thread, who's an amazing TED Talk producer and just an amazing uh, marketing specialist she was on with us. So we're excited about it because it's just something outside of insurance and hopefully we can bring some, what we've learned over the years is some of the best things that we were able to implement in our insurance world came from other industries, came from success and challenges from other people and just talking to them. So hopefully we can bring a lot of value to our insurance community by highlighting people in other industries and their challenges and accomplishments. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome, dude. I love it. I love it. Um, totally a supporter there. The big W, does that sound for the win? Yeah. So it's the, 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 the why? Yeah. If you asked me, uh, to tell my story, I'd probably in like 30 seconds, I'd probably be like, all right, we started in 09 or 010. We learned a bunch about business in 15. We grew 40% year over year. And then, you know, we joined forces with the Hill group in 2020, 19. I would miss all the, the good nuggets and the good storytelling and good catalysts and aha moments throughout the, the journey. This is about highlighting those W's, right? So the when's, the why's, the what's, the who's. When did that major moment happen? What happened that occurred? It was a catalyst. Who was that pivotal person? Those are the stories nice. worth telling and that's what grabs our attention. So that's what Dude. it is. Awesome stuff, dude. Happy for you. Happy for yeah. you. And you loyal listeners, you go out there and check that out. Um, we another podcast to the to the round. Like you said, it's kind of outside the insurance industry, but you're bringing that back in. Thank you very much, man. Um, appreciate it. Our industry is a fabric. It's a fabric roven with great personalities, great talents, entrepreneurship spirit. Um, and it, and it, and it's, and it's woven and, 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 wrapped around the pillar of insurance, which yes, we know is the greatest industry God ever created, but don't ever forget out there, all you loyal listeners that insurance makes the world go round. Insurance makes the world go round. When we have riots and looting, the first thing people think is who's going to fix that insurance does. When we think of COVID and we now look back and we say, how could, if that happens again, how do we prevent that? It's an insurance product. If we want to build our family and create assets, and but we're worried about what if something happens, that's life insurance, right? We, it's what we do. Have pride in who you are. Have pride knowing that you represent what people need and they don't even realize they need it until something like COVID happens. And um, I think it's really, really important. Well said, Jason. Well said. I think think what you do is important. And I want you to know that. And I want you to know that from the bottom of my heart, I will do everything I can always to keep pushing us forward. And right now, we are in a weird time. 
Um, it's a, it's a, I don't want to say it's a weird time. I want to say it's a challenging and accepting time. I've talked to a lot of people and I think we're on the cusp of a very good change. I think it's a change that's been fighting for years and years and years. I don't believe it's a black or white issue. I do not believe, I believe that it's a human issue. I believe it's being part of a human and being treated equally. If that's what we are, if that's who America is, then that's who we need to be. I don't ever condone looting. I don't ever condone fires. But to say I don't condone property damage would be a lie. Because in your hometown, Matt, that's where it started. Except it was tea being thrown over into the water. We forget that. Mm -hmm. That sometimes when your voice is not loud enough, you have to do crazy things. I do not condone looting and I do not condone rioting. But in the world we're in right now, people are listening. And that's a good thing. Matt, appreciate your time, buddy. Really, really, truly do. Um, I do what I do. I do it for you, loyal listeners. Um, Matt, keep going. Keep charging. Tell Zach I said hi. We didn't even get to talk about our dogs. And um, I know that, that you guys are going, what? Matt and I love our dogs more than anything in the world. We talk about them every time we're on. Um, and just thank you very much. Remember, this is Agency Intelligence Podcast, where I give you the real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. My name is Jason. His name's Matt. And we are out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good. Terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.